good. You guys ready for a word from the Lord today? Awesome. We started a series last week called New Wine, and the one and only Karis Fregi kicked us off. Were you here? Okay, if you missed it, that's, you might need to go back and listen to that. How many of you listened to it more than once since then? Yep, handful. Yep, so good, so good. So we're going to continue it, and uh, we have my favorite person on the planet preaching this morning, the best Zanaco preacher in the house, Heather Leanne, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome her. That was a lame welcome for somebody who's that amazing, but we'll let it fly. She's awesome. I like to call her the first lady. She's going to do awesome. So I'm going to pray for her, and we're going to receive from God, okay? Lord, we thank you so much for my wife. Thank you that she is the best. I love her so much, and thank you for the word that you've put in her heart. Thank you that uh, you want us to receive it, and it's really, really good. And um, I just pray that you'd open up our hearts to, to receive it and hold it, and it'll grow and multiply in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you, babe? Awesome. Okay. I'm an old school notes person, so I'm going to have my handy dandy notes up here. Like Andrew said, I'm Heather, and I am going to jump right in, but I feel like I need to pray, so we're just going to pray again, all right? Um, Jesus, thank you for your presence. I ask that you would speak through me, that people wouldn't hear me, but they would hear you, and you would open up our hearts to receive this morning. Amen. Um. Is this, am I holding it close enough to my face? Okay. Sometimes I don't do that. Um, I thought worship was awesome, so thank you for that. I feel very full. Um, some of you have had the honor and privilege of meeting my parents. Um, since coming here, they visited several times. I'm from good old Abilene, Texas, and their names are Dennis and Vicki Dunham. And they are precious, sweet-hearted West Texas folk. Yes. And if you meet them, you love them. If you want to join the Please Bring the Dunhams to Indy prayer team, yes. please do that. I invite you to do that. You would have your life blessed. Um, my mom is really gentle and kind and loving. And my dad is crazy. Um, and he's pretty hilarious. Um, he's a goofy guy. He hasn't ever met a blank wall that he could not be best friends with. Um, he could talk to anyone or anything. Um, and one time, my nephew, I have a 16-year-old nephew, um, and he was telling my mom that he was having a hard time, like, understanding what God was like. And they were having this conversation and he was just telling him that he felt like God was really distant and just was not understanding him. And so my mom, in all of her mom wisdom, shout out to moms, um, she was just saying, do you think that Papa, that's what I'm going to call my dad, Papa, um, do you think that he's funny and joyful and do you like being around him? And my nephew was like, yeah. Um, and she said, well, where do you think that he got that from? good. That's really good, mom. Um, she said God created him that way and that we are made in God's image, which Genesis 1 tells us. And so being a person of joy is God's idea because God's like that. And that's amazing. And Karis did such a good job last week. Obviously, y'all all said you're blessed. Um, and she started us off in this new series called New Wine. Um, and she was telling us in this idea that it's God's heart and his desire to pour out his spirit on us. Um, where it's out of Luke 5, the parable where he's saying about the new wine and old wineskins. And so God wants to transform our lives so that we can hold the new wine that he wants to give us, right? And so she talked about all these old wineskins that we have 
can get rid of so we can receive from God. And it was so good. And so for the second part of this series, I get the honor and privilege of talking to you guys about new joy. So I want you to write that down on any sort of notes. Um, everyone's a note taker. Let's be real. Um, we, none of us can remember anything. We're like goldfish. We have three-second memory. Um, I think that's a real statistic. Um, but I'm really, really excited about this because I feel like God has personally been stirring this in me and in my bones. And he's been teaching me and stretching me and challenging me to believe for new joy in my own life. And I know that he wants to pour new joy into all of our hearts and into our lives, our everyday lives. And I believe that he's given us um, some simple but powerful rhythms that we can practice in our life in teaching us how to prepare our wineskins, ourself, that's what it is, how to hold his joy that he wants to fill us with. And it's his joy which is amazing. So I can't talk about joy without first showing you a picture of my nuggets, of our nuggets. I don't know if you have them, Chris. Look at those faces. I mean, if that just doesn't say pure joy, Rose Jubilee, her name is Beautiful Joy, and Smith Moses, man of power and peace. Um, so I was going to play a video of them giggling, but we don't have time. So if you can't get enough of them, just come see me after because I have that video. Um, but I think that something that we have in common with my nephew is that we all have questions about God. And we've all had thoughts about who is he and what is he really like and why does that matter for my life. And for lots of reasons, I think that it's really easy to think about God being kind of grumpy and distant and exacting, um, and we can think that he's pretty irrelevant to our everyday life, and maybe even unconcerned with the things that I'm going through, because like, he's God. Here's me, you know? Has anyone else ever thought that? Just me? Okay, cool. Um, but I, and I think for us Christians, that if we follow Jesus, that that can translate into our life by just sticking God in a Sunday morning box, where we smile, and we praise the Lord on Sundays. And then Monday through Saturday, real life stuff just doesn't really, like he doesn't really have a place there, you know. And when it comes to our real world, we can have the same discouragement and the same anxiety and the same struggle as the world that we're living in and the world around us. And we get stuck in the same place as everyone else around us. And I think that we're living in this day and age when depression is just everywhere and anxiety is knocking at our door. I think we've all felt that. And life just kind of starts pressing in on every side. And we're not exempt to this as Jesus followers. Just want to say that. Um, I believe that the enemy has really tried to crush our spirits so much that we're not able to see any reality other than the one that's right in front of our face. And there's no greater reality or no deeper understanding of who God really is and how that affects how I live, which I think is pretty, pretty true, right, for our lives. That's how we can live. And 
Has God ever used any of your moms to speak to you? Show of hands. Moms. Awesome. Okay, great. Um, And I think the simple answer that my mom gave has some pretty life-changing truth in it. The way that she was describing who God is and how he's made us. The devil did not invent smiling. He did not invent laughing. He did not invent lightheartedness or pleasure or satisfaction. God did because he's like that. And I believe that God, this is so on his heart, that he is longing for people to know him this way. And he's longing to reveal himself to us as a God of joy so that we can have his new wine of joy, revelation of who he is poured into our hearts so that people would be drawn to him. Because if that's how God's like, right, don't you want to know him? I do. I want to know him that way, and I believe that he wants us to drink from this new wine, and that it has the power to disarm the schemes of the enemy, and I think it has the power to bring the world hope in a completely fresh way, and that we could step into a greater reality as Jesus people. Does that sound awesome to anyone else? Sounds awesome to me. Okay, so the joy of the Lord, right? Joy of the Lord. I know that just saying that is probably going to elicit a lot of different responses in us, right? Um, So depending on lots of things. Um, Some people might think that it's fickle or maybe it's a luxury in your life. And I want to just encourage us this morning that I think it's neither. Joy is not a personality type. It is an attribute of God. He is the source of joy not my circumstances. That's on the screen. I encourage you to write that down because joy is not a personality type. It is an attribute of who God is. He is the source of joy, not our circumstances. And who has heard of the fruit of the Spirit? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, right? There's a song. And um, Galatians 5.22, I don't know if we have it. It's fine if we don't. Um, But this isn't just a list for us to look at and say, oh, those are all the emotions I should feel as a Christian. It is actually a list of the character traits of God. It's the fruit of the Spirit of God in our life. In other words, these things show us what God is really like. Um, And as a result of living in him and having his spirit poured into us, that is what the fruit of our life can look like too. And the second characteristic that we see here after love is joy. It's joy. And I want to say that God is holy and he is righteous, but he is also full of steadfast love and mercy. He is all-powerful and almighty, and you want him on your team. But he is also all-gentle, and he is meek and a comforter. He's so faithful. He's so good. He is the king, and he also is joy, which is such good news. God talks about joy. I would have people guess, but let's not. Um, Over 500 times in the Bible. And I tried to stick as many verses as I could, and Andrew told me to scrap them. But I just, I, I just want you, not, not exactly like that, but um, I had a lot more. Um, but I want us to eat 
of his word so that we understand what joy is. And I think that we have so greatly underestimated joy in our lives. We've underestimated it as a weapon in our lives. And can I just say, it's almost become kind of cool to like be not joyful. And it's not cool at all. Um, and so I just want to say like, we're all, our world and, and us personally are dealing with a lot of very real things. Please do not hear me minimizing pain or hardship or mental health or the difficulties that life will bring. Those things are so real. But I do want to say that there is a depth of joy and satisfaction of heart, of security and hope and peace that only God himself can bring to us. And the Bible gives us this definition of joy. I didn't have it on the screen, but you can write this down. Joy, what is it, right? Joy is gladness of heart. Joy is gladness of heart. And yes, I did look through many Greek and Hebrew lexicons to give you that very deep definition. Um, I, I know that it sounds simple. I know that. Um, but it's really difficult, isn't it, to actually live it out? I spend a lot of time with toddlers. Um, my day-to-day -day activity um, involves humans three feet or shorter. Um, it's really fantastic. I, I, I love it. Um, and how many of you know that if you spend any time with toddlers or with children, that they can get their giggle boxes going and they can't turn them off? And that's what my dad calls it, a giggle box. Um, and Rose will start laughing at something, and then Smithy will start laughing at something, and they will be uncontrollably giggling for, like, no reason at all. Just no reason. And it is so pure. It is so innocent. It's so refreshing. And it's such a beautiful display of joy. But they're just kids, right? Like, we're adults, and we know better. And we've lived life, right? Like real life. And there becomes this distance, this gap between real life over here and joy over here. And I think that this middle, this middle space is where we find ourselves most of the time. Because it's so easy to lose our joy when we misunderstand the source of joy. It's so easy for us to lose our childlike joy because we misunderstand the source of joy. And if we want to be filled with the new wine of joy and know its power in our life for breakthrough and for refreshment, for us, for a shift in our minds, a new way of living life with hope, then we have to know the source of joy. And if the source of joy is our circumstances, then we will always be empty. We will be left tossed to and fro by every wave that comes our way. But if we understand that the source of joy is God himself, then we can always be full. We can always find joy in him. And that's really challenging but I also think it's so encouraging to me because that means it's possible. That means that there is a reality of the kingdom of God, that there is fullness of joy available to me when I need it. 
And God is so longing to give joy to you. He is not holding out joy in your life. He's not. And I think that we all deep down really want that kind of joy. We want to live out of that joyful place. And Psalm 1611 says, in his presence is the fullness of joy. In his presence is the fullness of joy. The whole thing's good. But, um, <laughs> but I think that when we read that, it sounds like to me it says that the fullness of joy. Sounds like all of it. Sounds like a good place to receive some joy. Sounds like he's the source and that I can go and he has limitless joy. And God being the fullness of joy doesn't mean he's disconnected from real life. Like he doesn't have this gap. We do. Do you know why? Because he fills the gap with who he is. Isaiah 53, this has been wrecking my mind. It says that he is a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Hebrews 4 says that he was tempted in every way, just like us. And he can sympathize with our weakness. He so amazingly and willingly stepped into our broken humanity. So he knows he knows. And yet, Hebrews 12, 2 says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He scorned its shame, and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So first of all, I just want you to know this morning that Jesus is on his throne. Hallelujah. That is good news. And secondly, in Jesus' most painful, darkest moments of his life, the cross. What does it say got him through? Anybody? Bueller? Joy. Joy got him through. Joy got him through. He stayed focused on the presence of God, on the goodness of who he knew God to be, on the abundant life that he had with his father. And that's the extent of what the Bible means in Nehemiah 8 when it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It does not get any better than that. Like, it gets you through it. Does anyone this morning believe that they want some new joy? Okay, great, awesome. That's what I was hoping. I just want to give us a few practical, joyful rhythms that you can practice in your life. Because practicing something makes it real, right? If I never practiced my piano, I wouldn't know how to play it. Okay, so that's great. So we want to hold his joy. And the first thing that I want to talk about are some old wineskins in our life that could drain or steal our joy from us. Because there has to be an exchange, right? There has to be an exchange of something that can fill us and make us new. So the first one is thankfulness instead of comparison. Psalm 104 says that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. If we want to step into the presence of God where there is fullness of joy, we have to cultivate thankfulness. And we have to find things to be thankful for and to offer our thanks to him in highs and in lows, in the most amazing moments and in the dark moments. Because comparing your life or your looks or your house or your paycheck or your Instagram life to other people's 
or to your ideals of other people's life will steal your joy. And it will keep you from expressing true thankfulness to him for what you do have, for how he did make you, and for actually just who he is in general, his unchanging nature. And I think that an unbelievable example of this is when Chad and Karis had first found out um, about Cade's diagnosis, and it was very difficult. Um, and she had asked some friends um, to start making a thankful journal for everything that they could be thankful for that God had done. And this changed my whole life. I just want to tell you this. Um, it was smack in the middle of one of the hardest trials that you could imagine facing. And we just gave each other lists of things that we saw God be good in. And it wasn't, it, it didn't mean we didn't weep together. Y'all, it just meant that we stepped into a greater reality. And it wasn't anyone else's life. It was the life God wanted to give to them. It was the life God wanted to offer in those places. And we just began to list things that we were thankful for. God, we're thankful for the doctors. One of them is here. We're so thankful for the way that you studied and worked hard and prepared. And the way he made you have a brain like that so you could serve in that moment. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for Indianapolis that we have one of the best children's hospitals in the nation. And that they moved here, even though Karis didn't want to in the beginning, you know? They lived here, and God knew for this moment. And we're so thankful for the God revealed it to her on that day. That was the day that he said, I'm going to heal him. And we're so thankful for that. And it was so powerful. And that kind of thankfulness will get you into the presence of God in a way that you could never imagine. And the depth of joy that sustains you in a way you could never imagine. I think about um, Rose and how strong-willed she is. And in those moments when she is exercising that will to me, I have to choose, God, I'm thankful that you made her passionate, that you made her a woman of purpose, that you made her a leader, that she's going to change the nations. And I just start thanking God for that. And all of a sudden, I'm not thinking about how another kid's reacting also, the 2% of time I see them, yeah. by the way, um, I don't compare my child to their child. I have what he's given me. And so that's what I'm thankful for. And one way, one way of living is going to fill me with the fruit of an inner joy. And the other way is going to fill me with anxiety and discontentment. So let's be a people who practice the rhythm of thankfulness as you're washing dishes instead of comparison when you're scrolling through something. Yes. Amen to that. Okay. So the next one is laughing and singing instead of negativity. Okay. I know that may seem a little silly to you, but maybe not. But the Bible says in Psalm 126 that God wants to fill our mouths with laughter and our hearts with songs of joy. This is God's design, and it is a gift that he's given us that allows us to experience joy in a tangible way, that allows us to release some heaviness in a tangible way, right? And I want to encourage you and empower you this morning that you have the right to choose to laugh and sing instead of complain. 
and instead of having negative thoughts about things. Like, everybody remembers Eeyore, right? Like, let's not be Eeyore. And we're allowed to choose this. And I think that you'll find that this is an untapped wellspring of life. It may seem this big. It's actually real big. Okay? And I'm not talking about laughing at everything in life. There is a time and place. There's appropriate responses. What I'm talking about is stepping into a rhythm of, like, loosening up. Releasing some things in your life. Right? That sounds awesome. And I think that... The other day, our kids, example of this. I want to give you real examples because I want to tell you that this is not an abstract concept. So the other day, Andrew and I's kids, it's like before some friends were going to come over for dinner, literally 10 minutes before, and they are both on the floor, full fit mode, like screaming, kicking, it's chaos, okay? And so what we decided to do in that moment, naturally, just cranked up the worship music so we wouldn't hear them anymore. And Andrew made a funny Instagram story about it because that's what you do when your kids are screaming. And we can laugh at it, yeah, obviously, Um, but it did loosen something. It was lighthearted. And you know what? Naturally, sometimes I would choose anger. I'm going to be honest. Like, I'd get real mad and frustrated. But in that moment, we just said, okay, roll with it. You know what I mean? Okay, great. So I just wanted to tell you that because I think that you don't have to have kids to turn something that like raises your stress level into a place of joy. And we still had to discipline them and we still had to deal with it. Yeah, but we chose a different way because our source isn't in our circumstances. And if I'm getting caught up in some negative thoughts about myself, I just start singing a worship song. Instead of dwelling on it, because if I'm singing, it's really hard to be thinking negative thoughts, right? And it may seem small, right? And I don't always feel like doing it, which is what Andrew is talking about this morning. This is not, sometimes I can sing a song because I, I already feel joyful. And so I sing a song in response, you know? I'm kind of that person. Um, But sometimes I'm not feeling it, and to enter into his presence of joy, I have to choose to sing. And it takes me into his presence, right? And that's when there's so much power on it. That's when you're just sticking your face in the devil's face and being like, zip it, devil. That's what Beth teaches our kids. And I'm like, zip it. I'm going to sing, you know? Maybe if you're married and you have some conflict, Andrew does this every time, never fails, middle of tension, and he will crack a joke. Wrong time. But it always makes me snicker. And he knows it gets me, and it'll just dispel that tension point. We still have to work through it, but we remember, oh, we love each other. We're married. This is great. Laughing with my kids will, like, take me into the presence of God like nothing else. Like, they're amazing. We could, like, hand them out to you if you have a bad day. (laughs) They will change your life, okay? But... All these things, like, if, if you're not sure how to make this a part of your life, just start thinking about people who are joyful. Hang around them. Like Molly. Yes. She smiles, and my day is absolutely better. Chad Hockett, yes. 
can just be standing there telling a story in his very Chad Hockett way. And I just want to pee in my pants laughing. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, I don't get to hang out with Chad all the time. Hannah does. Woohoo. I love them together. Um, but like just those things. Does that make sense? Like phone a friend that's funny and just say, could you tell me something funny? I have one of those. She tells me hilarious stories about her kids and it always gets me out of the funk, you know? If you're at work, you can't change your work environment, right? A lot of times. But could you take a second to look up a funny YouTube video? Like these things seem trivial. But I think that there is such a, a correlation in the spirit of something that we do in the physical, right? Like we just say we're laughing, but God says, I'm bringing you into joy. And that is amazing. And I think that he is, he's created these outlets in our life so that we can be filled, so that we can be released from a lot of the things that we're carrying, which is really good news. And I just want to say that Zephaniah 317, my sweet mom sent this to me this morning, and she was like, uh, Zephaniah 317, I don't have it, but um, it says that the Lord is rejoicing over you with singing. She's like, this is what the Lord's doing over you. But like that is what God's doing. Not only is he joy, but God's singing a song over you in your life. That's amazing. Okay. So laughing and singing, have I convinced all of you that that is a much better choice than negativity? Okay, awesome. Okay, the third thing, are you doing good on time? Yeah, okay. Um, okay, <laughs> so the third, okay, the third thing that I want you to write down is time with Jesus instead of not having time with Jesus. <laughs> So I do not have a smooth, cool point for that one. I really tried. The other ones seem to have a much more even exchange. Um, but I think that honestly, there are a million reasons why we don't spend time with God. There are a million wineskins, if you will, of busyness, unbelief, um, mismanaged priorities, just the white noise of getting sucked into life. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, if we don't make this rhythm happen, if we don't daily set aside time to get in his presence, to read his word, to know what he's like, to hear from him and get his perspective on anything and everything happening, then all the other rhythms that I just told you about are going to be like band-aids. It's not really going to deeply penetrate our life. And if we want to be filled to overflow with new joy, if we want to live a life out of joy from that place, completely victorious and full, then we must spend consistent time with the source of joy. We must get to know him this way, like a friend, so that we'll be receiving our own personal revelation of joy and how it matters in our life, right? It's not just going to be something that that lady was talking about who sings a lot of songs, you know? And my amazing mother-in-law, Linda, I've been so blessed in the mom camp. Um, she was just giving me a testimony about this in her own life the other day. She voxed me about something. We've been talking about this, this joy and how do we do that in life. Um, and she was telling me about a pretty discouraging, pretty hurtful um, situation that she was dealing with. It was pretty painful. 
And yet she was able to tell me that in the middle of that, um, she was asking the Lord. She went to go spend time with him. And she was asking him, how do I find joy in this situation? And I just want you to know that you are allowed to ask God that question. Actually, you should write that question down (laughs) and take it to God. Because there are things in this room that some of you are like, how am I supposed to find joy in this situation? And she said that he began to show her all the ways that he was her joy, that he was her strength and her hope and her shield. And she went on and on listing these things about who he is. And after I listened to her Vox, I was wildly encouraged at how good God is and also at how ready he is to reveal heaven's perspective to us if we'll ask him. And if we won't watch that third episode of that Netflix show that we really like so that we could wake up a little bit earlier, right? Or if we'll take our lunch break and go somewhere quiet and pray and read our Bible. Or when maybe you're at the max and you're just like, Andrew, I need to go drive by myself for 30 minutes and blast worship music. I have done that a time or two. Whatever it is, maybe you need to stop your conflict halfway and pray. That is hard. (laughs) Crystal does it. She knows. (laughs) But if we're going to make this a part of our life, then we need to say, like, this is just what I do. This is what I'm about. I fight for it. I make it happen somehow, and I make time with Jesus. I spend time with him. And if we'll do that, we will be overflowing with his joy, not a contrived joy, but a his joy from God. And as we close this morning, um, the band, you you guys can come on up. Um, I just want you guys to hear me say over and over again that God is longing to pour out his joy on you. He is longing for you to know him as joyful and to picture him in your mind as joyful. And he wants to give your life and infuse your life with the wine of joy that is so powerful that it will restore hope. It will bring refreshment to your whole being that it'll release strongholds, not only over your own life, but on the people's lives around you. Because it's contagious, isn't it? And it is a direct weapon against the schemes of the enemy. When he wants to overwhelm you, right? That's the word I hear the most in life. I'm overwhelmed. And when he wants to weigh you down, we get Jesus. We get an eternal joy. And we get life abundantly by his spirit. And he has given it to us in victory so that it can unlock something in us so that we actually see life in a completely different way. Our perception on life and the things that you are facing could be transformed by receiving his joy. I so desperately need this, y'all. I am living in the middle of this. And we need this as a people of God really badly. The world needs us to overflow with joy. We can still be compassionate and joyful. We can still be in process in our own life and joyful. We can still be grieving and joyful. How is that possible? 
because it's not based on me and it's not based on you and it's not based on your circumstances or your past, but it's based on him, on Jesus. He is the fullness of joy. He is gladness of heart. He is good all the time. And he made laughter. He made the ability for us to enjoy life, to enter into his presence. He gives us a place to release the burdens that we're carrying in exchange for his joy and for pleasures forevermore. That was all his idea. And we can run to him for the strength that we need to receive. So my question is, where do you need to let joy into your life? What areas of your life do you need his joy to touch you and fill you and renew your mind and renew your heart? And what are you holding on to that you can give him in exchange for his joy? So I want us all to stand up together. We're going to sing another song. It's called Get Your Hopes Up. That is just good. And um, there's going to be people on this side um, if you want prayer for anything. Because we don't want to just be a people that don't respond, right? We want to respond to what the Holy Spirit's doing. So please get prayer. It's not, it's not a big deal. Like, we're just people. And we want to encounter God. So get prayer. If you're on the prayer team, just go ahead and head that way. And I have been so believing for this morning and people have been praying for you and interceding for you that the joy of the Lord would get poured out in abundance on this room this morning, that his joy is going to get poured out into your heart. And as I've been speaking and as I've been talking, I think the Lord has been pressing on some of you, some of these wineskins in your life. He's been speaking to you and whispering to you, you have some generational depression and I want you to give it to me. He's been speaking to some of you that it's gonna take courage to receive joy despite your circumstances, but it's gonna free you. It's gonna free you. He wants to release you from negativity this morning and he wants to give some of you the ability to see things the way that he sees them and not the way you're seeing them. And he wants to take away insecurity and heal you and empower you to receive revelation of who he is and gladness of heart. And I really believe that whatever is happening in this room this morning, as we worship him, as we hear about his joy and his nature, that it's going to change our workplaces. It's going to change our parenting. It's going to change our family dynamics. Because people who were once locked down and chained to negativity are going to say, I'm going to step into the fullness of joy. And that is going to baffle the world. We're going to be radiant with, with his glory on our faces. And people are going to be like, I need that. I want that. I want that joy. It doesn't make sense for you to have that joy. You're battling infertility. But his joy is going to get you through it. And we are going to be a joyful Jesus people as this church. That this is already a mark of who we are. And I think God just wants to do more with it. I think he wants to do more. So would you open your hands if you want to. And God, I pray that um, the Holy Spirit right now, 
that the spirit of joy, God, would be poured out as wine, God, that people would drink of your joy, Lord, that I pray that the chains would be broken off in people's hearts, God. I pray that minds would be renewed to who you are, God. I pray that laughter and singing would break forth in our life because we know you as the God of joy, that we know you as the God of joy. And I pray that every circumstance that has been elevated above your throne would be dethroned right now in Jesus name and I ask that we would encounter your presence in a way that changes us forever and we bless your name amen